0: Johnson Wax Program with River McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax, Johnson's Carnew, and Johnson's self-polishing blowcoats present River McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. <laughs> a very nice-looking woman down the street. I should add that we just happened to be going the same way. And what made me notice her first was that attractive red, white, and blue shopping cart that she wheeled along beside her. I happened to notice a package of Johnson's Wax among her purchases, and I was reminded again that in these times it's very helpful to have such a product available. In protecting your floors, furniture, and woodwork, Johnson's Wax ties in beautifully with your wartime housekeeping saves you work because wax floors and furniture are easier to clean, require less dusting, and much less work at spring house cleaning. The regular use of Johnson's Wax enables you to keep up the beauty of your home with little effort and small cost. And what's more, this same Johnson's Wax polish offers protection, helps you to take better care of the things you have, not only for the duration, but for long after. Well, it's a calm and peaceful scene at 79 Wistful Vista tonight. The mistress of the house is in the living room, darning holes out of socks, as little Benny says. And just coming in the front door, as happy as a kid with a new toy, is the kid himself with a new toy, as we meet River McGee and Molly.
1: Well, McGee, home already? Yep, and I got a surprise. I bought something. For me? For both of us. Ah, this is something we've been needing for years. McGee, you bought some phonograph needles, oh you no, darling Oh no no, I didn't. Do we need phonograph needles? Do we need them? I played a Dinah Shore record last night and she sounded like Andy Devine. <laughs> well, remind me sometime and I'll get some. Remind you? Yeah. I've tied a string around your finger twice and what happened? What happened? Well, the first time you bought string, <laughs> and the second time you bought lady fingers. Oh,
2: well. Well, like Never it.
1: mind the needles now. What do you got there? Look. Take it back. There. Heavenly days. a new clock. Yeah. And take it right back. Huh? The hour hand is missing. No, 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 no. Now, that ain't a clock. It's a barometer. I've been wanting one for years. A what? A barometer. What does it do? You mean you're ignorant as to not knowing what a barometer does? <laughs> it tells the weather. Why, a captain of a ship can look at one of these things and tell right away that there's going to be a hurricane.
3: Well, get it out of here. We'll have no hurricanes
2: in this house. <laughs>
1: Don't be so unlogical. Barometers don't make the weather. They just tell what it's going to be. From now on, we don't have to guess about tomorrow's weather. Well, I'm sorry to hear it. Huh? After being married to you all this time, dearie, the only surprises I had left in life were tomorrow's weather. (laughs) (laughs) Well, be that as it may or may not be or not, just the same, it's a pretty handy gadget.
3: Well, where are you going to hang it?
1: Well, I don't know. I was going to hang it in the dining room so they could see what the day's weather was when I had breakfast, but I thought better of that. Why? Well, it wouldn't be accurate in there. Temperature's too changeable on account of so much hot toast and coffee and oatmeal in the morning and cold cuts and ice cream at night. (laughs) No, I think I'll hang it up in the...
3: Come in.
1: Hi, kid. Oh, hi, old-timer. Hello, Mr. Old-timer. What can we do for you? Oh, I just wanted to ask the kid here if he wanted to go fishing tomorrow. How do you know the weather will be right for fishing? How do you know it won't? Well, he just got a new weather indicator, Mr. Oldtimer. Yeah. It prevaricates the weather. Sure does. Scientific instrument, Very precise. No, give me that scientific ketchup, Johnny. <laughs> How can a hunk of wire and a
4: piece of glass tell the weather? All you need is a good case of rheumatism, like I got. <laughs>
1: you know, I've heard of people telling the weather by the twinges in their bones. Ah, that's baloney. I never knew but one guy in my life who could tell the weather by his joints. Who's that? Molly's Uncle Dennis. <laughs> Every time he starts bending his elbow, we know it's going to be a damp evening. Well, how about tomorrow, Johnny? My bones say the weather is going to be okay for fishing. You better check it with that storm stat of yours, Dirty. Okay, I will. Now, let me see. Barometric pressure. Low pressure, high pressure. In conflict with cumulus clouds over there. Oh, Oh. Oh, my gosh. What's it say, Johnny? What's it say? <laughs> no.
2: <laughs>
1: no, on the 12th of May, that's ridiculous. It ain't ridiculous if the barometer says so. I'm sorry, old-timer. No fishing for me. Oh, uh, Homer, you're just being silly. Why, it ain't any more going to snow. And don't call me Homer. No, he gave up that Homer K. Frank business, Mr. Old Yeah. Uh, I might have knew it. He changes his personality like one of them little lizards. One of them, there's simoleons. No, you don't mean a simoleon. You mean a chameleon No, he don't, Molly A chameleon is an actor that does funny stuff That's a comedian, Johnny I thought a comedian was a book full of facts and figures No, you're thinking of a compendium Sure, I used to read it when I was a kid Huh? The Youth Compendium
2: no. <laughs> That
1: was companion. Then, Dagnabbit, what's a simoleon. That's slang for a dollar.
2: What?
5: A dollar for a little piece of slang like that? I won't pay it. That's not
3: Well, I don't know why he got so angry.
1: He didn't have to pay you right away. <laughs> Oh, never mind. What? <laughs> what worries me is snow tomorrow. Oh, me! <laughs> for goodness sakes, it isn't going to snow tomorrow. No? Why, it hasn't snowed in this part of the country on the 12th of May for 100 years. Well, if it done it once, it can do it again. But just for fun, I'm going to check with the local weather bureau. Give me the phone. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the meter, the meter, the meter, meter go give me the weather bureau. Huh? Oh, hi, Merce. Oh, dear. How's every little thing, Merce? Say, say. What say, Merce? You heard from your brother in North Africa. He knows where the Allies are going to start the invasion. Wow.
3: How does he know that?
1: From the way they packed him in on the boat going over, he says they must be going into Sardinia. <laughs> What's hey Mertz? Yeah, pretty good. Well, I'll call him later.
2: <laughs> and,
1: hey, Mertz, you better wear your overshoes tomorrow. It's going to snow. <laughs> to hang my barometer. Well, make up your mind. You got so many holes in the wall now, it looks like we're living in a sponge. Okay, I just... Hey, do you know what I did? I haven't the faintest idea. And I've crossed my fingers so much I have to signal X for victory. (laughs) What did you do? I called up the Whistle Vista Gazette and told them it was going to snow tomorrow. They were real interested. I'll bet they were. Yeah. I told them it was going to snow tomorrow and they asked me did I have any dope on when the world was coming to an end. (laughs) I says, yes, I did, and they says, when? And I says, when you smart guys learn what's news and what ain't. They realized I had them there and hung up on me. Well, they couldn't print that it was going to snow tomorrow, even if it was, which it isn't. That's a military secret. And I always thought that was a lot of malarkey, too. How can you keep the weather a secret? That's about as confidential as fried onions. <laughs> Hey, how the barometer look here? That ought to be. Pretty. No,
3: no, McGee, not there. It's right over the radiator.
1: Oh, oh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Always be fair and warm there. Now, let's
3: see. Come in. Let's... Oh, hello, Abigail, darling. How do you do, Mrs.
1: McGee and Mister McGee? Hi, Eppity. Throw your coat on the davenport. Take it off first, if you want
2: to. <laughs>
1: uh, thank you. <laughs> I just stopped by Mrs. McGee to remind you of my lawn party tomorrow. Oh, you will be there, won't you? Oh, I'll be there, Abigail. I love lawn parties. I have so much fun tripping over croquet arches. Mm-hmm. It'll be even tougher tomorrow, Molly. Won't be able to see the croquet arches. Why not? Snow. No. <laughs> snow. snow. Oh. According to my husband, dearie, whom I married because he could sing Pretty Red Wing like nobody's business, <laughs> it's going to snow tomorrow. Snow? Oh. Oh, utterly absurd. We're practically the middle of May. Okay, okay, okay. Scoff if you want her. Derive. But when you're at your lawn party tomorrow, when you're scraping them icicles off the Chinese lanterns, remember that. Yes, I... he got himself a barometer, Abigail. Heretofore he's always forecast the weather by wetting his finger and holding it up.
5: Oh, you're
2: just And how
1: would that forecast the weather, my dear? Oh, I Well, just... if his finger stayed wet for twenty four hours, it was rainy.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and if it dried right off, the wind was blowing. And if it got numb, we were having a cold spell.
6: You know very well... I have often read of certain primitive types who claim to be able to foretell the weather. Children of nature, as it were. But it's practically a lost art
1: among civilized peoples. Oh, so I ain't civilized, eh? Well, when my barometer says... I remember when we were just children and we wanted to have a picnic, we always asked McGee if it was going to rain, and if he said yes, we went ahead with the picnic. (laughs) Is that so? As I remember, your My great-grandfather never... had a pet chimpanzee he kept in the attic, who
6: always knew when it was raining. <laughs> we discovered later that the roof leaked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. Just because the guy reads the scientific instructions... Interest...
6: Well, I certainly shan't worry about it snowing on my lawn party tomorrow, my dear. Mr. McGee may consider himself a weather prophet, but I have seen four casters on an old washing machine that were more efficient and did less squeaking. Oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you something, yes. Mrs. I... If it does snow tomorrow, I shall be here with a shovel and clean off your
2: sidewalks. <laughs> Goodbye.
1: I ought to make her shovel them off with a hat pin. <laughs> that old gravy boat. That's what a guy gets when he tries to do people favors. Reach out a helping hand, and ten to one, somebody slams the door on you. Now, now, take it easy, dearie. After Uh, all, snow on the 12th of May is a little ridiculous. Ridiculous, my clavicle. That's what I get for trying to argue with a couple of women. What do women know about science? What about Madame Curie? Well, what did she ever do? She discovered radium. No, what if she did? It's a nuisance. Turn it on, and all you hear is a lot of bum gags. Listen, I didn't say radio, I said radium. Well, gee whiz, I don't see. Believe me, this is the last time I offer free advice to people that are too ungrateful to use it. If I ever. Hello, folks. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. If I ever go one step out of my way to help anybody again, I. Oh, hi, Wilcox. When did you come in?
0: (laughs) What are you screaming about, pal? Ah, the ungratitude of people.
1: Mrs. Uppington wouldn't believe him when he told her it was going to snow tomorrow, Mr. Wilcox. No.
0: No. Tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, you too,
1: huh? Another septic. Well, this is what always happens when a guy's a little ahead of his time, that's all Listen, you're about six months ahead of yours, dearie, with that snow business yeah. I can just imagine what happens when Edison come rushing in and hollers that he's invented moving pictures Some lint head probably sneers and says, oh, yeah, so
0: who's going to play Alice Faye, Lillian Russell? <laughs> Oh, calm down, Fibber. Take it easy. Well, what makes you think it's going to snow tomorrow?
1: Well, he's got a new barometer, Mr. Wilcox. Yeah. He says a ship's captain can take one look at it and tell if he's going to get a load of
5: sugar cane.
0: I didn't say sugar cane. I says hurricane. Oh, yeah. That's that. Well, look. Look, I wish you'd take a look at that barometer again, pal. You're making a bum out of lots of smart car owners. <laughs> Why, said little Fibber, with good humor in his merry blue eyes and all over his vest. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, gee, this is the time of the year when they all get out Johnson's car and you to polish up the old bus for summer and protect it against dust and rain and sunshine and road film.
3: Yeah, so take back your weather, man. <laughs> Listen, Popper,
0: I didn't make this barometer.
1: I bought it. I don't tell it what to say. I just read it. It says snow tomorrow. Is that
0: my fault? What do you want me to do, Kick science in the teeth? Look, friends... Have you set this barometer for altitude? For what? Altitude. It has to be regulated for whatever part of the country it's used in. Whistle Vista is 800 feet above sea level. So what? I don't care if this is Death Valley. If it's going to snow, it's going to snow. (laughs) Well, that may be, pal, but I'd rather bet on the instincts of a smart car owner than a palooka with a dime store barometer. Ah. Why, this is the time of year thousands of motorists have been waiting for so they could go out and give the finish on their cars a new lease on life and beauty with carnew. But I'm telling you... Thousands to... of them, pal, eager to get out into the warm sunshine and spend a pleasant half hour simply applying Carnu, letting it dry and wiping it off with a soft cloth, getting a brilliant protective polish in one easy application. And now you come along and say it's going to snow. Well, he really believes it too, Mr.
1: Wilcox. All right, all right, I won't say another word. Everybody else is smarter than what I am, anyway. I but go, go on home, Junior. Go home. Go home and get out the red flannels and the hot water bag and the galoshes. Because by the 22 Twitter and Trumpets of Toscanini, it's going to snow
2: tomorrow.
0: Okay, pal, okay. I'll get ready for a blizzard. And if it snows, I'll be over here the first thing in the morning and shovel off your walk.
2: let <laughs> I
3: don't seem to be convincing anybody, dearie.
1: Who cares? But I'm surprised at you, Molly. You ought to know by this time when I'm right and when I'm wrong. Oh, I do, dearie. I do. You do? Oh, well, yes. that's unsatisfying. Hey, where are you going? I'm going up and put the extra blankets in the storeroom.
3: Huh? Now the summer's here. We won't need them anymore. I'll be down again in just a minute. Hmm, her
0: too.
1: Oh, well. She's been a good kid. Just don't understand scientific stuff. Now, let's see. Where'd <laughs> I better put this brown? Ah, oh, here's a good place. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. That ain't right either. Too near the door. Get a draft on this is better way over here, by the... Come in, come in,
3: come in. Hi, mister.
1: Oh, it's you, is it, sis? Now, don't bother me. I'm busy.
3: Doing what, mister, hmm? What you doing, hmm? Watch I'm
1: putting up a barometer.
3: Well, I thought maybe you... Hmm?
1: <laughs> I says I'm putting up a barometer. B-E-R-O-M-M-I-T-E-R, barometer.
2: <laughs> this thing
1: here.
3: What is it? It's a barometer. What's it for? It tells the weather. It tells the weather what? It tells what the weather is going to be. Oh. <laughs> I bet you, don't, I bet you. Huh? On account of if the weather don't know what it's going to be, nobody can tell, because if you know what the weather is and the weather don't, it won't know whether the weather is... <laughs> See, this is all kind of silly, isn't it? I'll say it is. Well, gee, Mr. point no what is that thing for, hmm? It's
1: to make little girls ask questions.
3: Okay, you ready? Ready for what? The first question?
1: Look, sis, I didn't mean that the
3: I... The question is, why does Hitler wear that ridiculous little mustache? Oh, that's
1: a very silly question, and I don't see... Well,
3: that. because a mustache is hair, and a hair is a rabbit, and a rabbit has a short tail, and a short tail is easily told, and so is a bell, and a bell is in a belfry, and so are bats. And that's the use for baseball, and baseball is played on a diamond. And a diamond is full of cats, and so is a cow, and a cow is beef, and beef is better when a tongue, and so is Hitler. (laughs) The
0: King's Men sing Steamboat Bill."
5: Down the Mississippi, steam the Whip or will. Commanded by the pilot, Mr. Steamboat Bill. The old gave him orders on the strict duty, We're out to beat the present record of the Robert E. Lee. Just beat up the fire, let the old smoke roll. Burn up all the cargo if we run out of coal. If we don't beat that record, Billy told the mate. Send my mail to Cara her at the Golden Gate. Steamboat Bill, steam down the Mississippi. Steamboat Bill, a mighty man will be. Sunnyland. The next apartment that you have will be a railroad man, steamboat bill missing on the Mississippi.
1: close to the fireplace. Now, let me see. If I put it on the west wall where it can watch the sun rise, it ought to be all... Yeah, that's it. McGee,
3: have you got that barometer hung up yet?
1: No, but this ain't the kind of a thing a guy rushes into, you know. you got to maul it over in your mind. If I put it on this wall here, I think... My mic's getting late for callers. Come in. Oh, hello there, Dr. Gamble. Come right in. Hi, Doc. Well, what's the matter with you, my boy? You don't look sick. Oh, I'm not sick, Doc. The reason I called you, I want to know what's the thing to do when a guy smashes his thumb.
3: Oh, McGee, did you smash your thumb with that hammer?
1: Take off your shirt, McGee. There you go again. Take off your shirt. Take off your coat. Take off your... Where'd you get your degree, Doc? In a burlesque theater?
5: (laughs) Come on, come on. I'm a busy man, McGee. Which thumb is it?
1: Well, it'll no doubt be this one on my left hand. What do you mean, no doubt? Well, gee whiz, I never pounded a nail yet that I didn't smash my thumb. So I thought it'd be smart to call Doc Gamble so he'd be here when I done it. Oh,
2: dear. <laughs> Stick around,
1: Doc. Hand me the hammer while I own a the best treatment for a smashed nose. I didn't say nose. I said some. I said nose. Huh? Because the very next time you call me over here on some silly errand, I'm going to poke you right on the nose so hard you'll breathe down the back of your own neck. Oh, dear. I'm sorry, Doctor. He had no business calling you until he was hurt. Oh, no? Well, in China, you only pay a doctor when you're well. And I think I you gotta... think? You think? If a thought ever percolates through that crankcase of yours, they'll be dancing in the streets. <laughs> After this,
5: never pay my bills, McGee. Uh-huh. But when you die, leave me your brain. I want to mount it on the head of a pin and send it to Johns Hopkins. <laughs> Good
2: night.
1: <laughs> Who's John Hopkins? <laughs> and what's he so sore about it? Well, in doctors you? are too busy these days to go rushing around on silly calls, McGee. Didn't you notice how tired he looked? No, but I ain't surprised. If he makes me tired, think what he must do to himself. <laughs> now let's see. If I hang this brougham over the radio here, no, that's no good. Hot band number might affect. You. For goodness' sakes, who's that now? Probably Wimple. Everybody else has been accounted for. <laughs> Come in.
4: Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. McGee. Uh,
1: good evening, Mr. Wimple. Hi, Wimple man. Kind of late for you to be out, isn't
4: it? Yes, it is, Mr. McGee. <laughs> But I was out for a walk, and I saw the light in your window, so I just thought I'd drop in and say hello. Hello.
1: Hello.
2: <laughs> you
1: better enjoy your evening walk while you can, Wimps. It's going to snow tomorrow. Snow? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh,
4: Mr. McGee. <laughs> You're just wagging me. Huh? You can't snow on the 12th of May. That's what I
1: keep telling you, Mr. Wimple. Okay, okay, let's drop the subject. I know what I know, and I know what I know, and that's all there is to that. How you been, Wimple? You wrote any new poetry lately? As a matter of fact, I have, Mr. McGee.
4: I sent one of my publishers just yesterday. What was
1: it, Mr. Wimple?
4: Well, it was sort of a campaign poem, Mrs. McGee, to make people save their tires. It went like this. Let's, Let's all drive 35 or less. And help the world clean up this mess. Because we're short of tires, you know, and they'll last longer driving slow. Mm -hmm. If you turn so fast your tires squeal, you know
1: you're being a rubber (laughs) heel. Say,
2: that's pretty good, Wim. Fine.
1: But uh, there won't be much driving tomorrow, fast or slow. Be too slippery. Have the snow plows out all day. All the snow.
4: Well, if you really think it's going to snow, Mr. McGee, I'd better call Sweetie Face. She was driving to Gunnersville tomorrow, and I'd better tell her to go by way of the River Road.
1: The River Road? Oh, no, that's too dangerous. Every time it snows, that bridge goes out.
4: <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> well,
3: dearie, put your barometer on the piano
1: for tonight. It's time to go to bed. Okay, I'll hang it up in the morning. I'll out the back door No, I will I have to leave a note for the milkman anyway uh-huh. You wind the clock and put the chain on the front door now Okay Boy, will I make chumps out of all these chumps when it does snow tomorrow <laughs> There won't be so oh, the... Hello
6: Mr. McGee? Yeah I'm sorry to call you so late, Mr. McGee but we're taking inventory and I do hey, wait,
1: Hey, wait, wait a minute Who is this?
6: This is Miss Oglethorpe at the Wistful Vista Instrument Company. We sold you a barometer today. Oh, yeah. If you'll bring it in tomorrow, Mr. McGee, we'll be glad to exchange it for you. Huh? The one you have was a display model and has just a dummy dial. So sorry. Good night.
1: Oh, my gosh. A dummy barometer. And I've been telling right, everybody... I the telephone ring, dearie. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a, was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, mistake. Well, <laughs> it's a fine time to get a wrong number. yeah. Well, come to bed now. Okay. You have to get up early and watch the snow flowers, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: McGee, wake up. There's somebody at the door
1: downstairs. What? What? What time is it? I don't know, but it's daylight. Uh, Hurry up, McGee. Don't see who it is. It uh, must be important. Uh, okay. As soon as I get my slippers on... No, no, no. Not those. Those are my mules. Here's your slippers. Let me take the mules. I want to kick the teeth out of whoever's hammering at the door. Oh, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm knocking on the door. Is this a gag? What's the
6: idea?
4: Look, Mr. McGee, it's snowing. <laughs> yes, when will this on? Got an extra shovel?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm hey,
6: Molly! Molly, I was right! Oh, boy, what a barometer! If it works this good now, wait till the worst get in it.
1: Hey, Molly!
0: Spring House Cleaning this week. We'll be glad to hear a letter we just received from a lady in Michigan. It'll be especially interesting to those of you who do part of your own decorating, such as cleaning painted walls in your kitchen or bathroom. Here's the letter. Being Spring House Cleaning time, I thought some of your other listeners would be interested in the wonderful use I have found for Johnson's Glow Coat. My kitchen and bathroom walls are ivory enamel. After I wash them, I go over them with a coat of Glow Coat. This brings out a wonderful gloss, protects the paint, and makes cleaning much easier. Well, now, there's a suggestion that really will save you many hours and lots of work. If you're in the midst of your spring house cleaning now, remember this extra protective use for Johnson's blowcoat Coat on your kitchen and bathroom walls in addition to its primary use on your floor.
1: You're famous. Everybody's talking about you. The newspaper called and wanted an interview and one of the airlines wants to hire you as a weather expert. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Oh, it's nothing that any red-blooded American boy couldn't have done. (laughs) (laughs) I was just lucky, I guess. Lucky nothing. You're smart, McGee. And you know what? Huh? I just looked at that barometer again, and it still says (laughs) snow. I'm going to get out my fur coat. I'm going to get out. What? Uh, Never mind. Good
0: night. Good
2: night, all (laughs)
0: Characters of the old-timer and Wallace Winfield heard on this program were played by Bill Thompson. This is Carla Wilcox, speaking for the Lakers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program has reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company.